our closest friends are not looking at the same source that we're pointing them to, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I think I'm good with the friend thing. It's just disciples of Christ are different from other people. Welcome to another episode of the Aptcast, where iron sharpens iron and we poke each other with the pointy ends. I am your host, Wes, coming to you today with uh, kind of a a special episode. Uh, Really, this was one that was recorded uh, back towards the end of the summer, early fall, and just with all of the uh, issues around COVID and and complexities of of life as it is, kind of got lost in the shuffle. Uh, but uh, had a chance to uh, talk with a good friend of the show, J.B. Huffman, a uh, fellow podcaster, and uh, talk about some movies, media. We get into the MCU. It's a lot of fun. So uh, something uh, a little lighter uh, in fare for the end of the year as 2020 comes to a close. So wanted to bring this to you. Uh, but first, if you like what you hear, uh, catch us on Facebook, facebook.com slash APT podcast. You can interact with us. Uh, we're pretty active on Facebook, Alex and I, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So shoot us a message, leave a review, drop a comment on the page, what have you. Uh, we appreciate that. If you do hit that like button, we will read your name out on the show as uh, looks like we've got several folks from the last episode as Sunny, uh, Nard Edwards, Matt McGough, Joshua Black, uh, Derek Morell, Miranda Montebarro, I hope I got that name right, uh, Russell Post, Star Henderson, Shane Peterson, uh, Derek Brown, Dale Tanner, James McKissick, Greg Pulley, Max Dawson, Kai Ordonio, and uh, Trevor uh, Gingrich. Thank you so much, y'all, for the support. We appreciate it. Also, uh, before we get into it, uh, check us out on uh, iTunes, uh, Google Play, whatever uh, podcast catcher you use. Uh, throw us a five-star rating on there. Uh, drop a review. If we see it on Apple, we will certainly read it out as well. So without further ado, here is the conversation between JB and I. I uh, hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you in 2021. The, the main reason... Uh, you were such a great idea for, for a guest to come on was uh, talking about uh, entertainment media, uh, movies, music. Uh, maybe we could throw TV shows in there. Yeah. Especially, you know, for the last four or five months, people have been just chilling at home. Got a lot of time to binge, got a lot of time to take in uh, everything but news because good grief. The news, yeah. <laughs> the news is so depressing lately. Yeah, I so, can't watch it. And it's no secret that Hollywood is not a fan of uh, Christ or Christians or, you know, religion in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was what was the movie you, you asked me about when we were first talking? Uh, 
It was one that won an Oscar recently, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water. How does a movie like that get made? <laughs> Gosh. This is a highly uh, sex-crazed pagan society that we live in. And, you know, they don't care about that it's basically bestiality is what it is. Um, a woman sleeps. Hey, okay. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> a woman uh, falls in love with a fish man, <laughs> uh, and they have sex, and it's pretty crazy. <laughs> have you seen the movie? Yeah, I saw the movie Why? recently. I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that it won an Oscar and I was on this uh, kick where, see, I've, I've been on a huge binge this year and it, and it started long before COVID. I, I've, I've been trying to, you know, watch a lot of movies and stuff that, I, that on my watch list or that, you know, people have all liked and now I've been wanting to watch. I just, you know, with, with kids and everything, I just, that kind of got put on the back burner for, for a long time. But this year I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go through some movies this year. And one of the things I was trying to do was watch all the Oscar winners, the the best picture winners of the 21st century. Okay. And that, that was one of them. And I didn't know anything about it other than, you know, I got a friend who just said that he didn't like it. And so I figured, and, and we have pretty, we have pretty, pretty similar tastes. And so I just assumed that I probably wouldn't either. But I went went into it with an open mind, and man, I, uh, I wish I didn't. You were not prepared for that. <laughs> I was not prepared at all. Oh, gosh. <sighs> you know, it's interesting. You, you say you've been on a binge with the uh, Best Picture winners. I've actually uh, been going through watching some, some classics from my childhood. Uh, yeah. My Cousin Vinny. Nice. Uh, uh, my my daughter watched it for the first time, and I and I remember thinking I don't remember this much profanity last time I saw it. <laughs> it's one of those. It's it's like watching The Office. It's like a cringe every time. Oh oh, did he really say that? Oh. Yeah yeah yeah. But still, it's so funny. It's so hilarious. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. Oh gosh, I, I can't even think of anything from my childhood that I've watched recently. Uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank, man. Uh, I watched Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Jurassic Park's been on Netflix. Yeah, that was that's the first time I've watched it since I was like you know ten years old. So, um, and it was, uh, you know what? I remember it being better <laughs> than it was. <laughs> uh, I mean, the special effects for the time was unbelievable. And, you know, the acting was on point. I mean, you got a young yeah. Laura Dern on there who was just being her rock star self. And the acting was great. But I just, uh, a lot of it was so silly, man. It's like, it's just, to me, it's not as good as people make it out to be. And I, it was entertaining, though. It was entertaining yeah. enough that I'll probably rewatch it over and over again. And I'll probably grow a little bit more appreciation for it. So, 
I don't know. It's worth watching, and I'll probably watch it some more just just because I need to like it more. <laughs> it, I gave I gave it four out of five stars, so I mean I didn't hate it. It it, it definitely deserves its classic status. If nothing else, the fact that special effects from 1993 look better than some turn of the century CGI. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean it was it was it was remarkable what what Spielberg did in this movie. So yeah, and. Uh, while we're on the retro kick, uh, I, I saw an article earlier, um, uh, earlier today actually. AMC is going to open up with uh, some 15 cent showings, so it's just uh, 2020 movies at uh, uh, 1920 prices, and two of the movies they're going to have running are Ghostbusters and Back to the Future. Nice. And, and I told my daughter, I was like, as soon as they open, we're going. Oh man, I'd love to. I would love to see those on the big screen, man. Because I didn't get to growing up because I wasn't old. I mean, Back to the Future came out the year I was born, and yeah, nineteen eighty five. Ghost Ghostbusters. I think that came out before I was born. Not really sure on that one, but no, I I think it was uh, later eighties. I think it was like eighty seven, eighty eight or something. Yeah, Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. But yeah, I would love to see those on the big screen. Uh, that would be, be awesome. Hopefully, hopefully my theater does that because I will totally be there for sure, and I'll bring my kids. Like it's yeah. that would be so cool. But there is a a drastic distinction between movies like that and movies that you see today. Like a, a movie <laughs> like The Shape of Water would not even be in the in the consciousness. In the 80s. <laughs> no way no way that's just how far we've come as a society man like it it just it blows my mind but you know it's it's understandable because when you start you know adopting uh that certain things are okay sexually um the, the logical next step is uh, is it okay to you know have a relationship with a fish, you know, like, I mean, well, the, the conversation that's been going on on social media for about the last week or so that I've noticed is pedophilia. Yeah. Right. And there's, there's people arguing against it. And I've had some conversations where I'm like, okay, so the arguments that you're using against it now use those against the LGBT. <laughs> they, right. They all work the same arguments that the LGBT has used for the last decade and a half or so are the ones that uh, pedophiles are using. Uh-huh. Like love is love. You uh-huh. can't dictate um, consent. And if you're going to give, you know, a kid who's single digits of age consent to, to take hormone therapy because they believe they're a different gender, how are you going to deny them bodily autonomy in sexual activity? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and and you're exactly double edged right. sword. Yeah, once you cross cross that line, you know we we probably uh, both got accused of uh, slippery slope fallacies uh, uh, over the years. Talking mm-hmm. about hey, it's coming. Well, now we're here. Going, told you. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm. it, it's but it's scary. Do you think it's just? Um, the 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 sex aspect of it or is there a more holistic 
uh, attitude towards it because it seems like they're um, how do I say this like with uh, sitcoms right they, uh, like Friends they don't show they're not nearly as graphic as Game of Thrones or something like Shape of Water but Friends even in the late 90s uh, early aughts um, it was obvious that there was promiscuity going on you oh know, yeah then, then, then you move into something like How I Met Your Mother, and so it's it's almost like normalizing um, the, the 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 promiscuity aspect, and that would have been taboo back in the days of like Family Matters and Perfect Strangers and Full House. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a like you said a slippery slope, and it's. It's it started with stuff like Friends. I mean, you know, you, Danny Tanner would not allow that. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, Tim Taylor would not allow that. Uh, especially, oh, yeah. And so it, it's just, oh gosh, man. Like, and it's just it, the '90s weren't that long ago, and and the '90s and, and Friends actually came out in the '90s. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll I'll admit, I do enjoy watching Friends, but yeah, there's a lot of undertones there, man, that's just, it's just normal to sleep around, you know? That's just, that's just the way it is. (laughs) And then it it gets worse and worse and worse in our, in the media that we consume. And it it ends up with things like Shape of Water. And I'm, the day that pedophilia becomes... Okay. Whew. How long? Um, mm-mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Someone with young kids that just grinds my gears. Yeah. yeah. Grinds my gears. Speaking of TV, that's pushed some boundaries. Mm. Family guy. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, man. And, and, and they brought it in an animated form, man, like that appeals to kids. Yep. Well, I mean, it, it, if you're going that route, it, you can't forget the OG, the, the Simpsons. The Simpsons, yeah. Oh man. And, and golly, it was it was after the Simpsons started, but then you had Beavis and Butthead that were, um, yep, sort of just pushing the boundaries, just to push the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Just for fun. Yeah. Because it's MTV, and we can do what we want. Everything except play music videos. Well, they don't do that now, yeah. But when <laughs> Beavis and Butthead came out, they did. It was all music videos, and they even had music videos on that show. Yeah. And so, I mean. I wouldn't know. I didn't watch it because I was a good kid. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> uh, I deserve that. <laughs> so, so we we can talk and criticize all day long, but as a parent, how do you navigate it um, as far as what you allow in your home? Um, you know, you've got younger kids than, than I do. You know, my, my daughter's 15, so there's a, a different age bracket there. But at the same time, you've got to watch what you, uh, no pun intended, you've got to watch what you watch in yep. a public room because one of the kids could come in. Mm-hmm. And so, so how do you manage what kind of media com- comes into your home? What what you and your wife watch? 
Well, uh, the stuff that we watch, I mean, we don't really have much of a limit there. I mean, because we watch stuff when they go to bed, when the kids go to bed Mm -hmm. and they don't, they don't get up and come in there. And, And at this point, you know, with my daughter's five and my son's two, even if they did, they wouldn't understand what was going on. We don't really watch anything risque together. Um, like, so, I mean, I think we're good there, but as far as like violence and, uh, you know, you know, uh, language and you know, stuff like that. And, and we, or even, even a lot of horror films too, um, can be scarring for kids. So, I mean, we, we just we just mainly just do um, we do it when they're in bed or you know if I'm watching something by myself it's gonna be like uh, on my lunch break on my phone um, or you know after my wife goes to bed I, I might watch something on the TV so it, it's just kind of behind them <laughs> when they when they when they can't see it but when they get older and they want to watch stuff with us we're, we're definitely gonna have to make some changes. Uh, and what we watch, um, but it's fine. I mean, it's part of being a parent. It's part of being a grown up. Yeah. Uh, we we can still we can still watch stuff, other stuff that they can't watch. You know, when they're not there, so we just have to make sure they're not there and they're not going to come out. So. Yeah. Are are your kids at an age where, um, like you would? Um, have to, to to watch like what even disney for example has some some double entendre and stuff like that do, do you do you filter even the, the children's programming that that they watch or, or do you are you one of those parents who just no tv you know do something else kind of my kids watched a lot of tv <laughs> uh but i will say this um the, the uh, mickey mouse clubhouse they were, they were into that for a long time. And my daughter, especially when she was little and there was one episode, it's called road rally. And they're like on this, like, uh, kind of like a NASCAR race or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the end of it, you know, I think it was Clarabelle that says, well, it's not about, you know, winning or losing. It's about having fun. And when I saw that, I was like, no, my daughter will not be watching this anymore period so so you ain't first you're last exactly so (laughs) whenever you don't play just i mean you don't keep if if winning if winning isn't important then why do you keep score that's all i'm saying so that's that's something that i did filter (laughs) for my kids because they can't they can't watch that episode anymore but you know the, the stuff they watch i mean they watch good educational stuff they watch like daniel tiger's neighborhood which basically mimics mr rogers neighborhood that i grew up on and it's you know it's it's about emotional intelligence you know understanding that we have feelings and you have to deal with them in certain ways and you can't lash out on people and it's it's just it's a really good show man like and i mean it was it was the same when i was a kid i mean i watched mr rogers and it it definitely teaches you to control your emotions and and not not suppress them, but to not be afraid to to express them, you know. Um, but just to express them in a good way, you know. That's not going to hurt somebody else. So. The, the best way to express uh, emotions I learned from Mr. Rogers is with a sweater vest. 
<laughs> yes. Yes, sir. Uh, he was one of a kind, man. Yep. Pop the top again. Mm-hmm. Got your Coke Zero going there, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta stay awake. I, I got uh, this conversation, and I don't know if you saw um, any of the conversation that that we had on Facebook Live a few weeks back with a, a friend of mine talking about like Black Lives Matter type stuff. We got another conversation that we're gonna go Facebook Live tomorrow so that's going to be super fun nice uh, but uh, you know gotta gotta prep gotta gotta stay alert gotta be ready i understand oh, so man. with with uh with with my daughter and, and if you don't mind saying how how old are your kids five and two five and two okay yeah, yeah. so you're, so you're a ways away from this one of the things that i've found um and I'm actually grateful that we're at this stage that, um, you know, being in school, even when she was in uh, a private Christian school uh, for middle school age, there were things that she picked up from her peers that we would never allow uh, in in our home. But um, that exposure um, did open the door to have conversations about how to engage with these ideas, how, mm-hmm. how, how to understand when, you know, one of your friends who's a girl starts going by a boy name mm-hmm. or, you know, how, how to deal with, um, you know, as, as a Christian, she's a baptized believer, you know, we're, we're Baptist. We, we wait till they can make a profession of faith before we, uh, recognize them. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, having friends that aren't uh, Christians, uh, some mm-hmm. m- more antagonistic than others. Uh, how, how do you approach those? How do you maintain those friendships? And, you know, what do those friendships look like in the context of who you are, the character that, that you are, who are you going to uh, in your peer group for help? And then you translate that to something like uh, movies uh, or TV shows. I forget where I heard it, but I think it was Jeff Durbin who, uh, at least that's where I heard it from, uh, made a comment that all media is preaching a message. Hmm. Uh, and, and he included music as well, which is something we'll, we'll touch on in a, in a moment. But specifically, as we're watching TV shows or movies together, pivotal plot points, those are great opportunities to have discussions and and. You know, at her age, she's super smart. She's probably smarter now than I'll ever be. Uh, <laughs> but being able to, you know, kind of poke and prod and ask some questions and, and get her talking as uh, as a parent to just kind of sit back and, and hear how her mind works. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I know five and two, they still have a, a, a unique way of seeing the world. And it's, it's, it's fun to, to hear them talk. But, you know, as, as they get older, really using those opportunities where if something happens on, on a movie or a show that you didn't anticipate, you know, instead of just kind of shrinking back and hiding it or pretending like it's not there, dress it head on. Talk about it. Yeah, it definitely opens that door for sure. Um, I will say that, you know, I have a, um, well, I'm not going to get into this. We don't need to you know, go too far into it. Um, 
but I, I, I do have a gay brother. And I feel like having him, it gives me the opportunity. When my kids get older, it gives me the opportunity to have that conversation with my kids saying, look, this is what he does. Um, he's still my brother, and I still love him unconditionally. And I always will, and I'll always treat him like a brother. And, and he's always welcome in my home because he's my brother. He's my blood. Um, I, I don't necessarily have to approve of his lifestyle to still love him. And I think it's going to give me a, a, an opportunity to teach my kids how you um, treat people who are differently than you, who are who um, live a different lifestyle than you, um, and that you may not agree with. So I, it's just, I think it's uh, not that I, you know, wish, not that I'm saying it's a good thing, but I'm, but I will say that it, it will prepare me for that. And, and it, it, I think it's a good teaching point. So. Yeah. Well, all of the challenges that we face are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of how I look at it. So, it, you know, um, when we first were uh, looking for a school for, uh, for Naomi, uh, we put her in a private Christian school, and in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I remember folks I knew from Briarwood back in the day, so I, I should probably prepare myself, but nah, it'll be fine. And then one day, she's laughing at a joke, and I'm going, how did you, what? How did you hear about that? <laughs> you know? and, but at the same time, it's you, you can't avoid it. You, you can't keep your kids in a bubble forever. And so, yeah, yeah, whatever they're exposed to, that's an opportunity to, to have that discussion. And, and it's good that you're, you're thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. You, you see that, you, you know, it's, it's, it's coming down the pipe. So you can go ahead and have um, at least the um, awareness that at some point they're going to ask you about it or it's going to come up and you're going to have to, to address it. And, and, that's as parents, that's probably the best thing we can do is be as aware as possible. Right. Right. So that we're not caught off guard so that our our kids can see us working through these things with them, not just Mm -hmm. kind of standing over them saying, no, you will do this. You won't do that. Yeah. Kind of had a little bit of that growing up. So I'm not a fan. No, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't think sheltering is good for kids. Um, I think, yeah, I think what it really does, it makes them um, not able to deal with things, not able to deal with um, the problems of the world, and and they and they tend to fall into traps. Uh, and I'm not knocking like you know homeschooling or or Christian schools or or whatnot. I'm I'm not knocking any of that, but I think. You know, not letting your kids, you know, be friends with non-Christians or, um, you know, do stuff with people that, you know, that think differently than you. I think you're just setting them up to fail. Um, So I think it's important for them to be able to, you know, live in the world and for us to teach them to not be of the world at the same time yeah so that's that, that's something that we've had to come to terms with as we've transitioned from private school to public school is yeah. there's 
there's a lot more um, that that's there that's not just you know kind of in the corner somewhere in the shadows lurking that she hears about but I mean it's open it's celebrated it's taught mm-hmm. you know, so, and um, I, I, I do have a worry about a lot of it if I'm being honest but uh, I, I think you're right you, you can't keep them in a bubble um, yeah uh, forever uh, you just gotta do the best you can mm-hmm it's it, it, keeping them in the bubble is actually makes our job easier is what that does. But is it really the best for the kids? No, it's not. Um, yeah. it, it, it puts more burden on the parents to actually be the parent <laughs> and, and have these conversations with them uh, because we know they're going to experience this stuff. And so, yeah, yeah so I, it's easy to keep your kids in the bubble. Yeah, there's no well, work. There's no work involved. It, it makes it easier now, but it makes it exponentially harder later because yes, all of yes. this stuff is going to bottleneck, and eventually yes. the bubble's going to burst, and it's all going to come out. Oh, for sure. Like yeah. they can't. They're not going to be in a bubble forever. So why would you keep them in there now? Yeah. And uh, you know that's one of the things that um, has really driven my. Um, kind of spiritual development uh, specifically with my daughter is uh, our Sunday school class and our church uh, just goes through books of the Bible. Like it's not, our Sunday school class isn't looking at a workbook or going through a teaching series. Like right now we're in the minor prophets. We just, yeah. open, we read and we talk about it. And cool. one of the great things that we've seen and we've gone through, and we've gone through minor prophets. Now we went through Romans. We've gone through um, several other Paul's epistles but it's um, it's really great to see biblical examples of how people have struggled, how people have wrestled with all manner of righteousness and unrighteousness and, and failure and hardship and suffering, and to see how God's people have uh, not persevered on their own, but been brought through things, mm-hmm. been sustained through that has been immensely helpful in me with with having conversations like this because for one I know that if I screw it up it's not the end of the world right mm-hmm. because it it it's not all up to me at the same time I can I can come in with a huge backlog of examples and say mm-hmm. yeah I know you're going through something right now I know this is hard or you know, this is a difficult decision, but this is this is what we do. We we open the book, we see what God has to say about it, and we can we can make the decision to either act consistently with it or not. And if you choose not to, well, then I've got some more questions I need to ask you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and and that goes uh, also right back into having friends that uh, aren't Christian. Um, it's, and I'm, I may disagree with you or we, we may actually just agree just saying it differently, but uh, like I, I encourage her to have acquaintances that are non-Christian. Yeah. But I personally don't want her best friends to be outside the church. Yeah. Because when she's not coming to mom and dad uh, for advice, she's going to her closest friends. 
And if her closest friends are not looking at the same source that we're pointing her to, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I think I'm good with the friend thing. It's just how close. Yeah, and but let's be honest. I mean, are they really? How how deep of of a friendship is that? Like, and could that be? Um, but I think it also it would challenge us to have to remind them over and over and over again that you know disciples of Christ are different from other people. Right. You know, if if you follow Jesus your life is going to look completely different from other people. And you can, you can walk alongside of them and you can love them and you can, um, you can, and you can also try to show them the better way, you know? Um, but you've got to keep them grounded and, 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 and make them understand that, you know, ultimately they're not your brother or sister in Christ. And, if they don't repent, you know, they will not be with you in eternity. And I mean, I, not to scare them, but you know, t- just so they have their eyes open and, and th- yeah. they're, and, and, and that they go through, the, they look at a different source um, of morality than we do. And so, yeah, it's, I, I'm with you there. I, I would prefer her t- or them to not be best friends with a non-believer. But if they were, I would just have to have a lot of conversations with them about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, trust in the sovereign God. He knows what he's doing too. Yeah. If, if, if God, if God put somebody important like that in their life, there's a reason. Yeah. So, and, and I think, great. I was just going to say, and I, I see that in my life, too. I mean, God has put people in my life who weren't believers or, or maybe or maybe they were, but they were just kind of wishy-washy. And I, I can see that God has used me in a lot of ways to influence them. Um, you know, one in particular, you know, one of my good friends in high school, we ran around together. We even went to church together and and it, it came out later i found i found out later he told me later that he wasn't even a believer in school but he's now a pastor and he's planting churches up in the pacific northwest and i'm not saying that i influenced him but i was a good friend to him uh, and and he had good christian friends around him to influence him uh, and he married a good one like so i just I, I, like I said, I'm not saying that I'm the one who influenced him, but he had a lot of influences and I was one of them. So. Yeah. Somebody planted, you, you watered. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a group effort. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, was, I was that guy in high school who had uh, at least professing believer friends and in hindsight, mm-hmm. you know, teenagers being uh, teenagers couldn't tell you if they really were or not, but said yeah. they were, but, um, I wasn't. And I, I remember one time, um, I was actually playing, uh, in a youth band at a friend of mine's church. 
he, he sang and I was just playing the guitar. I loved mm-hmm. playing the guitar. And uh, he knew I wasn't a believer because we would have those conversations and I would ask him, so how can you believe the Bible when it says this or that? But he was mm-hmm. that guy who took the time to talk to me about it, who actually yeah. engaged in those conversations, which, you know, helped kind of influence what I do now. Right. Mm-hmm. The, this whole podcast idea is, is about getting out there and engaging with different ideas. And, and um, you know, I don't, I don't know if you've actually uh, heard any of our episodes, but our tagline is, is uh, that iron sharpens iron and we poke, poke each other with the pointy ends. Right? Cause, <laughs> yeah. Cause, Cause that's what happens. You, you, you get different people together with different ideas and it's not comfortable all the time. Yeah. And uh, having, having guys like that in, in my life, uh, certainly I can look back on now and see it. So, uh, yeah, there's there's a huge opportunity to be the witness, um, especially at a young age, uh, for those kids. For sure. But I think the, uh, the the fundamental thing for for me as a parent though is you know just starting with that biblical foundation, mm-hmm. and uh, like will whether we see. Trump say something stupid on Twitter or we see something in the news or we're listening to part of an episode of the briefing or something like that, just some kind of cultural idea. And my daughter will ask a question about it. And I said, well, let's see what the Bible says. Let's see what God has to say. And what do you think? Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, she, as we're going through it, she goes, no, that makes a lot of sense. But every now and again, she, she, you can tell she's kind of, Lean it back a little bit and let that marinate a little bit. We'll come back to it. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't have to always finish with agreement right now, but let's believe we're coming back to it. Yeah, <laughs> we don't we don't uh, we don't end every conversation like the end of Full House, where everything comes together and everybody's happy and hugging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know, tying it back to uh, TV. Uh, one of the things that's been really interesting going back, we, we actually watched through the entire series of perfect strangers okay. uh, as a family, which was really neat. Um, but then we started, uh, we, we went through parks and rec. Nice. And, I mean, hilarious show. Yes. But there are some themes there that are borderline over the edge and, and we're watching through the office now and the same kind of thing, but <sighs> it's, it's, one of the similarities that you have throughout TV is that it's not like real life. Yeah. Like, like, like you said, it, even, even back in the days of everybody coming together at the end and learning that moral lesson and you know uh-huh. everything's good. That doesn't always happen. No. Just like people doing stupid stuff that we see in shows today and getting away with it doesn't always happen. But uh-huh. being able to point out uh, the, the problems, point out the hypocrisy, point out, where these other ideas and, and worldviews are, are being kind of smuggled in are, are really helpful in, uh, you know, the, the way that art uh, sort of mocks life in some yeah, ways. For sure. I mean, these people are paid to be something that they're not. Um, that's what an actor is. That's what an actor is. Um, so it's, why is it so far-fetched that, the entire plot is something 
that doesn't actually happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just think about it. Like, it's not that big. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a lot of times it's a, a, a dramatization of real life. Yeah. Um, and so you can kind of see some truth in there, but it's, it's not always like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Except with uh, Ron Swanson. He, that is 100% exactly the way things are. yes 100 percent oh man he's one of my favorite characters in any show i love him so much it is great it when we were uh, watching through it every now and again he would have one of his little quippy one-liners or or criticisms about government and my daughter would just turn and look at me and go that's you <laughs> Guilty. Yeah, yeah. My brother is a hardcore libertarian, and anytime when when my wife and I were going through uh, Parks and Rec, some of the things that Ron would say, I would think, you know what? A lot of people will probably think that this is bogus, but it's not. <laughs> like, there are a lot of people out there like this. Like, I would totally be at a city council meeting with those two flags going slash it, slash. <laughs> yes 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 Uh. all right so i'm I'm gonna spring it on you Uh, okay since we're talking about uh tv characters and you mentioned that ron ron swanson one of your favorites give me your top five tv characters all time oh oh, man uh ron swanson's definitely in there uh andy taylor oh yeah um uh, Jim Halpert. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I just I've always been a fan of Jim. Uh, so that's three. Um, hmm. Seth Cohen from the OC. Never saw that. Oh man, oh, so good. And I've got to say this because oh, I just I love the show and I love his character. Even though he's not a good person, <laughs> which there's no which, which there's no such thing as a good person. Obviously, we know that, but he's a, he's a terrible human being. But I've got to say, um, oh gosh, no, oh yeah, Don Draper from uh, Mad oh, Men. Oh, Mad Men. That's another show I haven't seen. Oh that. man, it's so good. If you like history, you should watch it because it's. It's a lot of stuff that was happening in the 60s, and, and a lot of events that happened then take place on there, and you see the reaction of the people on there. It's just cool. Like It's it's interesting. So huh. I never thought about it that way. I, I do I do love a good period piece. We're, we're yeah. watching through um, The Musketeers right now, uh, which nice. was on for about three seasons, uh, just – you know, just to see different storylines uh, play play throughout history as though it's actually historical uh, is fun. So I, now that you mention it, I, I'll give Mad Men a look. Yeah, check it out, man. It's good stuff. Yep. You said, what are you your top five? Oh, my top five. Gosh, um, I don't honestly. I don't know if Ron Swanson's gonna gonna make the top five. Um, oh. I w- I would say Tim Taylor. Nice. Um, the, the, the original dad for me. Um, 
but I would also put Andy Taylor on there. Um, I, I used to uh, fall asleep watching Andy Griffith's show every mm-hmm. night. I loved oh, yeah. it. Yes, um, sir. And it, it's actually a tough call between him and Dick Van Dyke. Because um, I, I, back back in the Nick at Night days, I, I used to mm-hmm. watch him. But I, I'll, I'll go those two. Then, um, because Frasier is hands down my favorite TV show ever, uh, Martin Crane. Nice. dad on that show. Nice. Love him. Um, and I'll go ahead. You know what? I'll go ahead and put Ron Swanson on the list. All right. Uh, I'll put him up there. And, I mean, I'm, I'm an 80s kid. Michelangelo. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was always a Leonardo, or not a Leonardo, uh, Donatello. Excuse me. Ugh, nobody yeah. likes Leonardo. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. a Don, Donatello fan. What were you gonna ask me about, Jim Halpert? Oh, do do you ever find yourself looking at the imaginary camera in life? Yes, <laughs> all the time. Somebody says something. My <laughs> imaginary. Did you see that? My imaginary cam, my imaginary camera is looking up at God, you know, like really. <laughs> like, but yeah, I definitely look up, and I, I've actually caught myself doing that, just like looking away, like really, like <laughs> yeah. And and I look at my wife that way too. So yeah, I, I'm actually very similar to Jim. Like I've actually I took this quiz where they ask you a bunch of questions, like how would you deal in this situation, and my office character was Jim Halpert, and my uh, my Parks and Rec character was Ryan Swanson, and you know there were a bunch of them. And I was looking, and I was like, man, those are my favorite characters in those shows. So yeah, it's just kind of funny. I think my Avengers, my I think my Avengers character was Tony Stark. <laughs> of course, of course, right. <laughs> I, I remember when you shared that out, I took it and um, I, I think I was Cap, actually. I, I was, I was, it was uh, between uh, Captain America and uh, Bruce Banner. Nice. Yeah, so couldn't complain. I'm, I'm, I'm team Cap all the way. And I know you're, well, you, you know that I've, I've been a hardcore uh, Cap uh, aggressor for the longest time, but I will say that I grew to love him a lot more after Endgame because, and a lot of people are surprised by that because they're like, well, you know, he goes back and, you know, basically quits the Avengers. No, Mm -hmm. he actually finally understood what it means to love one person more than anybody else. And, and, and he went back for her and that's just, as a man with a wife who loves his wife to see him do that. That's, that's top notch, man. I was, I was proud of him for doing it and I was, it made me love him a lot more. And now as I'm going through these movies with my wife, cause she's never seen any of them. And we're, we just watched. What? Yes. We've watched the first four now. Um, we just watched Thor. So I feel like I'm going to appreciate his character a lot more, his growth um, after seeing that. So yeah, she's yeah. never watched them. She's not into she's not into that kind of stuff. So, wow, yeah, we uh, <clears throat> we we have thoroughly enjoyed them. Uh, and I'll say I've I've always been Team Cap. 
uh, because I, I always saw him as a man of principle. You know, like yeah. the whole the the whole uh, subplot of Civil War when when somebody says move, plant yourself, and you say no, you move that that kind of thing. Yeah. I always like that part of his character, uh-huh. where where he always stood for principle. Um, I would say that about Tony. It just seemed like he never had any principles. Well, here's the thing. I, and and I'll, I'll say this. I've always been Team Stark. Uh, a big reason is when I'm watching a show or a movie or whatever, I I want somebody who gives me some character depth. And he does. Oh, yeah. oh, he like, does. it's just he, he he's very, um, I can't think of the word, but. Uh, he just he just he draws you in his personality, and he's so infectious. The way that was the word I was looking for. Yeah. And but but the big thing for me though, even more than that, which that was what got me liking him. That's that's why I was a I was Team Stark in the beginning. But on the other side, there is a sense of humility in him because you've got this guy who is a billionaire genius uh you know playboy playboy philanthropist as he says (laughs) but he is he's super rich and he's super smart so he could just be this rich guy and live and and live you know his his normal life live his live his best life now as uh osteen would say (laughs) uh but but he chooses to fight crime to to put his body at risk and yes, it was probably selfish a little bit in the beginning, even though um, he did uh, make a, a selfless decision and just stop making weapons because it was killing innocent people. Yeah. He started off with humility there. But the fact that this guy who has this dominant personality and who has this money and has this intellect, but to see him say those three words repeatedly your call cap that that's never thought about that that's what gets me that he he steps aside and lets cap be the leader because cap is a natural born leader and i get that and he gets that stark could be he's got that personality but he's giving it up and 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 he's going to be in a lot of ways the brains behind everything and the money behind everything but ultimately, and he's always going to give his opinion, but ultimately he's going to let Cap, Cap make the decision because he's the leader. And that's that's humility right there, man. That's, and that's, yeah. that's that's a big reason why I love Tony Stark a lot. Nah, that's, that, that's, can't argue with that. Yeah. And, and really, um, e- even though I, I'm, I'm Team Cap, I, I can honestly say that uh, Robert Downey Jr. embodies his MCU character as a person more than anybody else in the entire MCU. Yeah. I mean, he is Tony Stark. He mm-hmm. is a walking Tony Stark. I mean, from, from the rehab to the, you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. meteoric rise, the, the whole nine yards. And, um, even, even with, uh, Captain America's, um, character arc, I think Tony has probably the most dynamic and in some ways the best character arc. Oh um, Yeah. Uh, due in large part to um, Iron Man three, which a lot of people uh, are kind of down on it, but that does a really deep dive into PTSD. 
Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yes. And, uh, you know, creates the plot hole at the end where he destroys all his suits and then comes back later with a bunch of suits and they don't ever explain it. That aside, like as a character, you know, it, it, like you said, the, the, the your call cap, you know, the, the big uh, finale of uh, Iron Man is when he declares I am Iron Man all the way to right before the snap. Mm. Uh, just uh, all of the callbacks. It's so mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Uh, uh, in my opinion, in my opinion, that is the greatest character arc of all time. It's Tony Stark from start to finish. Like it's just, and it's, it's probably cheating because he had 22 movies to do it in. Um, 21, no 22. Something like that. Well, he wasn't in all of them, but he had, you know, yeah. 10, year, 10 years of this stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, he had, they had a lot of time to develop that, but I, I, I believe wholeheartedly that that character arc is the greatest in all of cinema. Um, I mean, I could compare it to certain things. I mean, you look at George Bailey. Um, uh, that, that's another good one to me. I, and, um, uh, What's his name? Captain Jack Sparrow. That's a good one, too. Um, he became a parody of himself. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. But, I mean, I just, I can't, I can't really think of anything that was that deep and uh, on so many levels, man. It's just, yeah, very well written, very well acted, executed. Um, yeah. So. Usually you see the, the same character in that many movies. It's it's a slasher flick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they right. don't have much character development. Exactly. Jason Voorhees just doesn't have the same character arc. <laughs> uh huh. For sure. <laughs> no, it's, it's so. and you know while we're on the the subject of the MCU, what do you see for Phase Four? Because that's I know you're a big MCU guy, and and watching through it with your wife, you've probably got that renewed adrenaline for it. What's yeah. Uh, with with phase four kind of being put on seemingly an indefinite hold, well, what do you see for it? Do, do you think I I kind of think it's it's going to start going downhill personally. You think? But yeah, I, I I think they're getting too woke. I, I think it's just going. It's going to go off the deep end. Um, mm. And I'm hoping I'm wrong, but yeah. with the originals leaving, it just seems like phase four is going to be the sequel that is. Is a transitional phase. Phase five might bring it back, but I don't know. What do you think? I'm asking you the question. <laughs> I'm not trying to answer it for you. Well, it's going to be difficult with Tony and Cat both both gone, um, because those are the two characters that drove this entire franchise. Yeah. Like, you know, people could talk about Thor. People could talk about this. That no, it's Tony and Cap. It's always been Tony and Cap. Um, you know, two guys and, and I love buddy comedies, like, you know, buddy cop movies and stuff, but Tony and Cap are like the ultimate buddies because they're two polar opposites, but they respect each other so much. And, and they, like I said, his humility and letting Cap make the decisions and, and Cap taking his input, like they, they build off of each other. Anyway, we're, <laughs> I got a digress from there. <laughs> so, but yeah, like, it's going to be difficult. I think it would help if they would give uh, Hemsworth a big, fat, huge uh, contract. Big, 
and say, yeah, okay, no pun intended, <laughs> and and let him join in with the Guardians of the Galaxy and see the As Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, like I think that would really help it because you know he's a he's a big larger than life character, and for him, and I love the dynamic with him and Peter Quill. Um, That's got the makings of another buddy cop. Oh, no, I would love that, man. That would be so cool. But I think that would would really drive it a lot. Um, It's it's also going to be hard with Natasha being gone, to be honest. But I think if they were to – the best bet they could do is to bring the X-Men into this. They're going to do that. Yeah, I know. They've already bought the rights to it, and they're already planning on the New Mutants movie coming out. So if they if they brought them into this mix and let them join the Avengers or the new Avengers or you know however you want to put it or if you know like do some kind of you know correlation there like X X Men can be your driving force uh, you just have to do it right and I th- I think the reboot of X Men I, I won't say reboot but it was like you know where they did uh, X Men First Class. And Days of Future Past. I thought those were great movies. The first two, uh, First Class Apocalypse. and Days of Apocalypse was not so good. Yeah. Uh, Dark Phoenix, I actually enjoyed, but it was just kind of like you know whatever. It wasn't that great. Um, but I think they started out doing it well, and I think the first two X Men movies originally were really good. The third one was awful. But um, if you brought in some great actors to play the x-men and join in with them you, they could be your driving force and I, I could see it i could see it go into the distance so but it probably won't <laughs> i hope yeah. i'm wrong i mean it, it seems like phase four is going to be out in space so the, the the best hope for phase four would be uh, as guardians of the galaxy but that's probably not going to be able to make it uh into the phase four lineup um, but that's that's when you have uh, like the Eternals um, and, and all that kind of, and I think Captain Marvel too, mm-hmm. um, which it it really seemed to me like with Captain Marvel that was kind of the flagship Marvel is woke kind yeah. of kind of thing because it really heavy handed in in, mm-hmm. in some of the the aspects of it. Um, that said. Um, I actually kind of like the idea of Valkyrie taking over uh, yeah. Asgard. I think I, I liked her as an actor. I liked her as a character. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of pumped to see her. But you know, there's the the whole LGBT thing with her and and the new Thor. Um, but uh, if if they're able to do something with Hemsworth and uh, the Guardians, for one, I think he could possibly have a character arc if he stays with it that rivals Tony Stark. Yeah. For sure. I mean, he's, he's already had some ups and downs a, as it goes. And in the last big uh, saga, he lost his brother for real this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so he's, he's literally an orphan. And so finding a family like the guard, it makes sense storyline wise. Yeah. Uh, and got him, uh, him and Peter Quill going back and forth. That that scene, yeah. <laughs> I could watch that for another 20, 30 minutes. Oh, <laughs> gosh, man. That's so good. 
Uh, I haven't watched. See, I've got it. I bought, I bought the Blu-ray when it first came out, but I haven't watched it yet. I'm really hoping there's some outtakes of them too. Like, just that I that I, that would be awesome. I, I need I need to you know explore that. I probably will soon. <laughs> I'm not gonna wait. For, I'm not gonna wait for my wife because we've got a long way to go, and at this rate, it's gonna take us a year or so. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. I, I, I think but what you were saying, though, what we were saying was if they did, if 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 Hemsworth and Pratt, you know, signed on to do this, you could have that buddy thing but like you had with Tony and Cap and and you could see a huge character arc for both of them. Yeah. Um, that would be uh, that would be really cool. I mean, and they could run with that and they could sell the heck out of that. So well, in two of the dominant themes that I find uh, myself drawn to in pop culture um, are redemption and community. Yeah. And, and that's got both of them right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as Christians, I mean, that's, that's two of the biggest aspects of our lives, right. Is, is mm-hmm. being redeemed and having the, the fellowship of the saints. So seeing those themes played out, albeit in drastically different circumstances. That's mm-hmm. always fun for me. I always love to see that. That's um, that, that's why I really enjoyed seeing Tony's arc the way it, it wound up. Um, and uh, e- even though uh, uh, Thor didn't have the the best run, uh, see, seeing him uh, change from the beginning of Endgame to the end. Mm-hmm. I thought it was re- really, really cool. And, you know, just different things along the way. The, the, um, um, even Ant-Man, the, the way he, uh, you know, fought for his daughter. Yeah. You know, different, as, as a dad with a daughter, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's going to tug at you. You know, different mm-hmm. things like that. I, I, I love seeing that. And that's one of the reasons why I've loved um, comic book movies and tv shows for for so long is there's so many different ways to approach it so many different avenues Mm -hmm. but uh i I really think that phase four besides the the fact that um it's all delayed because of covid also the first installment is starring a character who's already dead yeah um it's it's not going to get off on the best foot, um, mm-hmm. uh, unless um, the the one that they're doing was it Shang Li or, or the, yeah uh, if, if if they could do something unique with that like with like what they did with um, Thor Ragnarok or with Guardians of the Galaxy that's just tonally completely different like mm-hmm. if they were not quite full crouching tiger, but if they went more of like a kung fu style yeah. with it, I think that could be a really, really awesome installment. Um, but if it winds up being somehow uh, a retread of of something, or heaven forbid, some kind of iron fist on the big screen, <laughs> I, I, I despise that show when it was on uh, Netflix. It was my least favorite of those i you know what i I haven't watched hardly any of them i i actually i just got through the first season of uh daredevil and i'm taking a break before i start jessica jones i'm trying to go through them all in order 
<clears throat> and how they were released. Yeah. But uh, what you were saying though about about Shane Shane Chen or Shang Lee, I can't remember what what the name of it is. I don't know much about that character, but, but you're right though. You're right. If they uh, if they explored that that culturally, which Disney could do that. I mean, they uh, you know look at Epcot. I mean, they do that all the time. So if they explored that culturally and made it appeal to people who like those kinds of movies, like Kung Fu or even like Kill Bill, obviously not that intense. Right. But I mean, if they if they explored that and made it appeal to those people that that, that like those those kind of movies. It's not just a race thing. I mean, lots of people like those kind of movies, but you would bring an entirely different uh, audience into this and get them interested. So that would that would be really cool if they did that. So yeah, I I think that's probably the the best bet of uh, Phase Four doing. But it just seems like the the lineup for Phase Five is is stacked. That's when the next Spider Man movie is coming out. I think that's Mm -hmm. when the next Guardian movies is slated to come out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if Black Panther 2 got pushed back or if it's still going to be in Phase 4. Um, I'm not sure. But I, I'm kind of on the fence about Black Panther to begin with. I, I think I probably uh, saw it already buying into the hype. And then, you know, you see a movie that's, oh, this is the best movie ever, and it's just it's not quite there. Uh, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, I just, I don't know, didn't... Uh, didn't get the same thrill from, but you know, that's just me. I'd probably need to watch it in a, a, a time or two. Probably. Enjoy yeah. It. When I saw it in theater, I, I really, really loved it. And I, and even to this day, and I watched it again when I went back through them before Endgame. And it's, it's probably my top seven or eight in the MCU somewhere along that. Definitely top 10, but I think it's, cl- I think it's closer to like seven or eight. Uh, I, I just I really liked it. It's, it was different, um, you know, being in a completely different culture. I, I think I think that's in some ways, you know, what they need to do with uh, with the Chinese one. Like um, uh, it's Chinese, right? I think so. Yeah. So but I mean, just just they dove into this African culture and and they had a. This they brought mythical African culture. Yeah, right. It's not real, obviously, but bringing in an American to come in there as the bad guy, uh, I don't know, was really cool. Like, I just it just made it. Yeah, you, you we could relate to him in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, Killmonger, and 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 we can relate, and we can see how he, you know, dove into his, you know, in, into him being you know, a bad dude, you know? So yeah. it, it was, uh, it was interesting. Yeah. You should watch it again. Yeah. And I, I, I know the the moment that uh, I was turned off uh, of the movie and that was the, the final fight scene because the CGI just looked <laughs> horrible. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, it was so bad. I, I, I just, I couldn't get past it. Um, but then also, and Marvel did this really well, I think, all things considered. But you you could tell they had a pattern of um, our hero is going to fight somebody who's just like them but evil. Yeah. And Black Panther was the same kind of thing. I mean, we saw it with Iron Man. We saw it with uh, Hulk. 
you saw it with Black Panther. And, um, to some degree, we saw it with Captain and Winter Soldier. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. I mean, and, and they did it really well. And to, to uh, I forget the, the guy, so, um, Michael B. Jordan, mm-hmm. his credit, he played that that really, mm-hmm. really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there was there was some phenomenal acting in it. I don't know, just something about it. I, I'll go back and watch it. I, I, I'll let you know. It's it's probably still in my top ten overall because um, personally, one of the things I love about a movie is is the score. Yeah. And the soundtrack and uh, like Guardians has my heart because it's got mm-hmm. all the all the uh, the old old school songs, but um, Black Panther had a lot of really good original score uh, yeah. with it and uh, the the that that scene where they're all coming down for that first ceremony and you've got them coming in doing their different chants and things like that man mm-hmm. it's goosebumps every single time. Uh huh. That's that's quality. That's that's probably top five moment in the MCU is, is that gathering for the first time. Honestly. I like how the the first two Iron Man movies, they incorporated this like hard rock, you know, like yeah. and that embodies Tony Tony's character so much like and it just really enhanced the film to, to see that. Like, I think what ACDC was in that, uh, obviously Iron Man. Iron Man uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it was just it was cool, man. Like just just yeah. it, it definitely made the films better. And I'm I, I'm one person who actually likes Iron Man too. A lot of people don't. As someone who's a big Tony fan, I think you see him at his absolute worst in that movie, and yeah. it, it it it's it's huge for his arc. Like to see it from then you know to now, because in Iron Man one like. You see, you start to see that humility in him, and that he's he's gonna stop making weapons and and stop making money uh, because innocent people are getting killed and and and, and bad people are, are getting their hands on them. So you saw some good happening, but then with Iron Man two, you see him going back into his old self, and it's real, man. Like it's it's yeah. it's it's, it's, it's legit. Like, experience. Exactly. That that's why I love Iron Man two. Like. I mean, it's not my favorite. It's not even anywhere near. Like, it's it's down in the bottom of the MCU. But there's a lot of good movies in MCU, man. Like, yeah. so, but I, I I really enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, I just feel like you know, Mickey Rourke's character was weird. Like, it was just well, Mickey Rourke is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good stuff, man. Well, this yeah. is this has been fun. We went a lot yeah. longer than I anticipated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was still fun. We we started off talking about uh morality in uh in uh media and we spiraled into just talking about media. <laughs> yeah. Which is cool. But That's but fun. you know, we still we still talked about morality because we talked about Tony Car- Tony Stark's character arc and everything. So you know, that was yeah, good. Yeah, we've got the good and the bad with him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, did you, did I, you still want? Did you still want to touch on music now too? Oh gosh, uh, you know what? I think we may hold off on that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot yeah. there. Man. Uh, yeah. man. But I, I'd be remiss as a uh, fellow podcaster, and uh, if, if I didn't give you the opportunity to talk up uh, Tavern Talk, let let our listeners know where they can find you. Yeah, man. Um, I, I'm actually. 
Uh, Rob will tell you that I'm a podcast whore because I've, I've appeared in several different ones. Um, re- tonight, I was actually in one about uh, the movie Any Given Sunday. The, the podcast is called uh, Cinematic Underdogs, I think. And I was also in Feel and Film podcasts uh, when, when we talked about the movie Varsity Blues. Apparently, if you if you, if you're going to talk about a sports movie, get JB involved. But yeah. um, but I enjoy it. Um, I, of course, I love movies. Um, but my podcast is uh, it's called SEC Tavern Talk, and we we discuss what it says. We discuss the SEC, uh, and it is a Christian group, so it's clean. Um, we don't really talk about theology much, except when we have guests, we always ask them if they're uh, baptizing their babies or not, um, which we haven't had anybody say yes to that question yet, because if we do, then sports will be off the table for the rest of the podcast. Um, <laughs> it's covenant theology. Because that's, that's what we're going to be talking about. So stay tuned, because that, that may happen someday. But for the most part, we just talk about sports, and it's a clean show. Uh, and and we talk about more than just the SEC. So if, if you're not an SEC fan, I mean, give it a listen because I mean, you can hear us a, a different perspective on the SEC other than just the haters. Um, and 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 we're not the SEC fanboys that you make us out to be. But if you are an SEC fan, then definitely come join us because you know we're we're, we're discussing the weekend week out. Right now, we're on a little bit of a hiatus uh, because there are no sports to talk about, um, which has been it's been rough. But you know what? We've been living life doing <laughs> just doing other stuff. And that's cool. That's fine. That's why I've been on other podcasts, because what else am I going to do? <laughs> so yeah. but I, I, I enjoy it. I, I love podcasting a lot. That's why I like being on these shows, man. Um, but if you want somebody who just loves doing this stuff. Come check us out. And it's, we got an Arkansas fan, um, a Georgia fan, an LSU fan, and a South Carolina fan, and at times a Texas A&M fan. And Wes has been on the show like maybe four or five times now. Yeah, you got a UAB regular. Yeah, I think Wes and Sam are like – probably our most reoccurring guests and they're both Bama fans. So if you're a Bama fan, you probably will like the show because we're going to get a Bama fan on there at some point. Cause Kevin's been on there too. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is. So, <clears throat> but good stuff. So, so you're not so much a, a podcast host as you are just a professional guest. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'd love to keep doing it, man. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's different. And I enjoy it. And Rob, uh, when when Rob calls me a podcast tour, he he's he's kind of getting mad because <laughs> I'm not doing the podcast right now because he's been wanting to do it um, and just talk about you know behind the scenes stuff with the SEC and I'm like I don't have time and but he's like but you have time to be on these other shows I'm like dude I don't have to do any work on the other shows I just get on there and talk and then I go to bed you know I don't yeah. have to. I don't you have did to write zero prep for this show. No, I don't, I don't <laughs> do any prep. I don't have to uh, write any descriptions and get it posted and all. No, I don't do anything. So yeah, get me on a show. I'll be a guest. That's fun. <laughs> uh, so yeah. T- t- tell Rob if he wants to do it. 
do like I do when my co-host isn't available. Find another guest on your own or just go solo. Yeah. Just start talking. Yeah. Uh, maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should. I mean, that kind, that, fan, not many people will listen. Yeah, I feel like that kind of environment, it's better to have at least three people on um, just to bounce things off of each other. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's how it works on sports panels. You, you don't ever see less than four uh, on, a, yeah. on a, unless it's like, you know, sports center and stuff where they just have two. But, you know, your best your best conversations is with three or more. And so if we don't have three, we just don't even do it. I mean, we've done it one time, I think, with just two of us on there, and it wasn't fun, mainly because there's awkward silence and, you know, trying to fill in this this gap of time. Uh, yeah. So. Well, next time you only have two, hit your boy up. We'll I, I do don't mind being a guest on another podcast, too. Yeah, I know you don't. I know you don't. We always enjoy it. We'll get you on there. Yeah. Well, th- thanks, JB, for uh, coming to hang out with us. Um, really appreciate it. Check out SEC Tavern Talk. And uh, what was the podcast you were on uh, about uh, any given Sunday? Uh, Cinematic Underdogs. Cinematic Underdogs. Check them out on that. Uh, and uh, go like uh, our page, uh, facebook.com slash podcast. Uh, give us a like, give us a five-star review on iTunes, all that good stuff. Uh, and y'all are on iTunes, right, right? Or y'all, yes. are, y'all are on iTunes as well. So yes, yeah, sir. Good. SEC Tavern Talk on iTunes. Give them a five-star review. Tell them their Bama guests are the best part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.